0: Welcome to the Vet Church Podcast. Vet Church interviews are authentic, sacred, and inspirational. Vet Church is open to anyone who appreciates the sacrifice made by the women and men who put on a uniform and served this great nation. Find out more at VetChurch.com or RetiredArmyChaplain.com
1: Hey Vet Church, how y'all doing? Um, I'm here doing an interview with Grant Pennington. I want to one of the examples of manliness well when, when I was told I don't know that might be the wrong thing but when I would look at you as a young child, I would think to myself because I was uh,
2: there's a gender difference keep talking I was, <laughs> I
1: was I was a I was a young skinny kid and I had to work hard.
2: I remember the first time I saw you and your brother the very first time I was thinking of this we you were at school with your brother. Yeah. And the first time you showed up at, at Rocky Bio, right? Yeah. You and your brother were playing on this hill and you were they were pushing, this is how young you were. You're were pushing these little toy cars up and down the hill and Marty's you know, he's just going over the hill, you're going over the hill and he's saying, Look out, here comes my car, here goes your car. You were about what, sixteen? No, I'm just
0: kidding.
2: <laughs> probably <laughs> No. But that's the first time I remember I said, Man, these guys got a lot of energy. I hope they could sit in the classroom. You know, we barely barely so made it, difficult. but anyway. So you went to college, and it all worked out.
1: <laughs> but but I you know I would I'd would look at you because you built st- you've been in construction your whole life. Matt,
2: can I say something? Yeah. What's this got to do with the kingdom of heaven?
1: Well, <laughs> I, I'm just introducing <laughs> sorry. You, I'm just introducing you to, my, to the folks here in Vet Church. And um, oh,
2: hi, Vet Church. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> well, and the other thing is, yeah. you um. Now, did you join Army or were you drafted? I forgot. Or the Navy. All right.
2: Army. this uh, Without talking about myself and glorifying myself, I'm going to tell you something that's not very glorified in a nutshell. Okay. Can I do that?
1: Oh, yeah.
2: At 16, I got kicked out of school. And so back then, back in 63, they said you either go to jail or you join the service. And there was another thing going on besides getting kicked out of school. I was with a group of boys at that time that got in a lot of trouble. So the officer said, look, if he joins the service, we won't, we'll let this one slide is what it was. So I joined it, joined the Navy. And uh, in four years, I slept probably one time more than six months in my rack. I, um, I, put in two tours in Vietnam at the end of that I went home for a year went to Miami and at the age of about 28 after from I got out of 21 that 8 years was a real drinking party okay Yeah. and then I decided that it would be better to do something that was worth living for because even in my younger years I believed that life was had a lot of vanity to it and alcohol made things uh, more real to, uh, more tolerable excuse me in my own mind I didn't know this so anyway I, I really got alcohol became something that I I don't even know if you know this Matt did I, you ever I, know this?
1: I, I knew you drank yeah no but bit. I
2: used to I I even got the DTs oh, oh yeah, right. yeah oh yeah, yeah this is before I became a Christian but anyway <laughs> anyway so I decided, I said, I met my wife, and, and I married her, and I felt I had a purpose. She preached uh, Christ to me, I went to church, and I remember, I said to her, now I'd been to church as a young boy for a while, you know, went to the Baptist church, all that. And, and uh, I said, look, I, in my mind, this was very. I was a very simple person, I said, if all the churches can't agree with each other, then who's right? I am. They, I'm better off than they are because they don't really have uh, a connection. Yeah. So anyway, long story short, my idea of knowing Christ, all right? Mm-hmm. This is important to me. Came over a long period of time. That's all and so I you know I didn't you you asked me to have an interview and I thought the most important thing is not to think about it but to ask God to help me communicate something worthwhile that's it and I thought that it that that it would be something that God would do and I wouldn't have to worry about it and that's what I'm doing right now
1: well I, you know I really appreciate you doing this because You know, when I say I looked up to you, I really—I mean—I hated your table. Your 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 son is my be- was my best friend growing up till I met my wife, and and to this day, Adam and I are good friends. Well,
2: what you had in common was like your brother took my son one time out in the woods, <laughs> and they spent all day <laughs> waist deep in swamp water, and this to my son. Was I don't know what it was, but he said he'd never do it again. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but that's your brother. Man, my and my brother's son. And I. Re- okay, you know you. Okay, audience out there, you're going to like this one. You heard of three men in a tub?
1: <laughs> now I remember we were going the street. <laughs> one this day my story. son came to me and good he story.
2: said, "Dad, you won't believe this. You know those screwballs that arrived a couple of years ago, Matty and Marty." Because you all lived in a trailer down from, from us for a while. Yep, yep. I said, yeah. He said, they were out in Choctaw Bay in a bathtub trying to plug up the hole so it wouldn't sink. <laughs> we found a You boat, would do man. wacko <laughs> stuff like that. You know? And so it's, it's true. really a nice place. I actually moved here because this was a good place to raise a family.
1: And you did. I yeah. mean, you've got, you raised girls, you raised.
2: Yeah, I raised three stepdaughters. They honor me to today, and I'm thankful only. Because God allowed that. My natural life wouldn't have had and that's why if I get emotionally appreciative, it's the fact that I have a family that God has shown me that He's in it and He's real, okay? So
1: Boy, anyway. well, you know, um the way you and Adam, your your son, would talk, I wanted that. I didn't have that with my dad until recent years, it was almost until my mom was dying of cancer that I could because I would watch you and Adam talk like you were friends, like his, this is your son and you were talking to him about what he thought and you would watch, the. remember you guys would watch the fights at night, the the boxing stuff, and I was so envious of that as a kid, I'd, I'd watch y'all and I'd think, I want that, and, then, and now, Dad, we were sitting here okay, watching TV Let Okay, let
2: me say something about that if anybody, uh, there's a word I'm looking for, uh, it's like dysfunctional, where, uh, I can't think of it. But I, I had a lot of, I lack the ability to communicate very well. And if you have more than one child, if you have four or five, and the more you have, the more you realize that some of the children you get along with better than others because I have one child Valerie who was born with a learning disability and uh, I we could not communicate to her very well and she was always having a hard time and she would get discipline more but she loved her mother and I more than the other children probably did she showed it, you know she said she said to me after she said that I know, I know that you put up a lot with our sisters. She (laughs) said Oh yeah, yeah. But, uh, and she took more time and was harder to raise and you couldn't communicate with her. Uh, I'll tell you how, she she was just born with a learning disability. And some people are born with a high IQ. Is this politically incorrect to say that?
1: I don't know, I mean, it's the truth. They're like they're, they're you know and that, there's a huge difference in that world where, you know my mom spent her life dedicated to helping folks with learning disabilities learn to read. That's right, I remember that. The whole, I mean, that's what she did, you know. And and, I, and my brother and I, you know, I, I can read super well, and Marty, he's a little more like Valerie. He'd struggle with reading. Yeah. And man, he's he's got it. He's he started to read, you know, and he's done pretty stinking well for a guy that struggled a bit. I mean, some
2: people have an, an inborn, innate ability to have reading comprehension. Other people do that with math and some people can't do it with either very well.
1: Yeah. Uh, when it comes to math, Kate Kate does all of our math, all of our finances. I don't do anything. Right. I can't do it, Grant.
2: But, uh, you know what, I tell you what, I have a roommate, he, he has the IQ of a genius. He belonged to the Mensa Club and this doctor I met the other day said, you know what Mensa means in Spanish? I said, no. He said, idiot. <laughs> I don't know if it does or not. <laughs> but like, you know what he told me? This guy, this, this is my roommate, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, he's very articulate and he's, he's highly educated. So he's helped me think about things before I speak. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have that ability to communicate very well. And at times I still don't. Because I'm not around people very often.
1: Well, you're a builder. You're you're an artist too. Wow. Oh, some of the stuff you've built. You well, may be right. sitting over there going, ah, it's that awesome. Metal man. Hey, where yeah, where'd the man go? Oh, it was stolen. Was it
2: really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'll tell you what. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't want to say this, but I have a gift. With art, I can draw. I can sculptor. Yeah, you can. I, I have that ability, right? This, this, it, it hurt my soul. Now, this doesn't sound like a Christian thing to say, because we're talking about deep things—the soul and the spirit. <laughs> okay, but uh, the soul is your emotion, and and it's how you think, basically, in a nutshell. And the and the academic conclusion is. You take those two things, and it's what you do, you know, you, how you feel and how you think, and then what you do also has an influence on your heart, which is really your soul as well, you know. So anyway, I worked for months on this thing. This now, I read all the reference books in art, right? I I, I love. Well, of course, me and Leonardo da Vinci have a lot in common. <laughs> <laughs> so. You know, I, I, one thing I know in art, and all you artists out there in the art world, you know that the body, <laughs> the body. If you make a, if you draw a body, and I show you this body, if it's not within a range of norm, you'll go, you'll say, no, I don't. That's not a good body. You'll, you'll know that. Yeah. So I, this man I built was uh, seven feet two from his head to his foot. And then I put his arm up with a bird on it. And that was, the, to me, to this day, the best piece of work that I've done, that I liked. I liked what I had done. So I put it in the yard.
1: What did you make it out of? What do you-
2: I took, uh, I took uh, three-quarter inch steel, I took I-beams, and I cut pieces out of it. And uh, it was, it was a, it, I started at the feet and worked my way up and I used my body as a template. I laid my leg on a piece <laughs> of steel, you know, and I drew it, drew, what do you
1: <laughs> I drew, drew it's my... Awesome. It's awesome. really good idea. It really is. I mean, it's like, you know... It, I, 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 oh! I, I have a picture this summer, I wish I'd had it with me right now, I can just hold it I made a
2: mistake room. one day. You know what I did with it? I had a picture of it and I went to this church and this man had been a homosexual. And this this body that I made didn't have clothes on. It had the form of a male body, right? Yeah.
1: Something it was beautiful.
2: You know, it it was beyond David in its muscular appreciation.
1: Well, you did use yourself. as Anyway.
2: A- <laughs> well, like my mother used to tell me, they the, the they would take a body in Rome or whatever, and they would exaggerate it a little bit, make it look a little better than what the body normally looks like. They would emphasize the anyway, so I'm showing this thing to a guy who was a reformed homosexual and his wife and she was looking at me like, take that thing away <laughs>
1: <laughs> She didn't care for She that. didn't
2: like the male body. Because but anyway well. But he was a Christian and I was just showing him my artwork. That's why you need to think of what you do before you do it. You don't you know you don't step Well and you can't
1: you can't know everything either.
2: No. But anyway, the this this guy this young man told me one day, he was from the hood, and he said, Grant, I don't know, he said, uh, where I'm from, we wouldn't have that thing out in my front yard. Because if you're selling dope, you take you steal steel. You mm-hmm. you know that? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Metal. Metal's a, you know that, you know, copper, they they go they take copper out of buildings and all that. So sure enough. It, you know, I had that thing for a number of years. I had it in my front yard, and I had a bird on his finger. Remember that? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, like it was yesterday. And
2: I had a bird on his finger, and so I thought, let me call it Noah. You know how he received? Uh, yeah, the, at the heart? Yeah, the I think it was the raven was the last time the bird came, and that was the bird that let Noah know. And I thought, okay, I'll do that. Anyway, it was a couple months later and somebody drove up in my yard and threw it in the back of a truck, I assume, and stole my bus. I thought people. you
1: had sold it to some big place no. out on a beach I had something. an offer
2: for several thousand dollars for it. And then the person backed out and then I took it back to the house. And I think that's where I, anyway. So anyway, what do you want to know? <laughs> the two tours in
1: Vietnam.
0: Two
1: tours in Vietnam. Yeah, you know we, we got all these. So, so one of the things that's got me doing this was y'all from the guys from Vietnam coming back saying, you know, because I drive all over the country, I go see the people I went to Afghanistan and Iraq with, and now I go, I'll go see anybody that says, "Hey, I'd like to talk to you." Um, and it was guys from Vietnam that said to me, "Nobody did that." Okay. Back then.
2: Okay. See, here's the thing. You told. Can I? I'm just want to talk yeah. about. I asked you for the first time. I talked to you about your experience in Afghanistan. That's right. right. Yep, I, I remember. And you so doing that. and so, I just come back then. And you told me that you were working like a twenty four seven was your reality. You did you had to really. I didn't know that about you. Now there's something cogent about. Being able to communicate to a culture, to a group of people, and I would just say this, that the Lord, and I can understand it. People in churches often don't understand this. But if God leads you to be able to speak to a group of people, and I'll give you a biblical example. Paul was a very learned man. And what did he do? He was led to go to uh, Greece, and he talked to the people that sat he knew how to talk to these people. He was an academic of his day, to say the least. And these people were, were intelligent. And everybody in, in history knows that the Greeks were the golden era of what people were able to think of in a positive way. He was made for that. And I think you, and I talked to a man today. He go, he's a retired military guy, and he goes from base to base... And groups of and he talks to young men, and his face lit up with me, and he said, "He said, "When they begin to understand what I'm saying about this or that, God blesses him in it, okay, and that's what I didn't know you know I thought to myself, w- Why is Matt doing this and then, after I talked to you last time, I began to put it together in my mind and in my in my heart to give you." encouragement you know yeah if you're doing something that helps somebody else that's the most important thing I'm supposed to look at my neighbor whether he's a heathen a drug addict whatever he is and love that person that's that's what the, the book says it that's what that's what it says what, what you
1: well, so. know I came back from Afghanistan that was my first tour in 2000 2009, right, King? 2008 to 9. 2008 to 9. And we came down here on vacation, and I remember talking to you. Just I went over to see Adam or something. I remember that, and, I think. And I felt like you got, you understood how I felt at that time. And and I would talk to other people. My dad did 29 years, and I didn't, he looked at me, but he didn't deploy. And it was—I tw- mean, he went to Korea now, and that wasn't no picnic. He told me some stuff, and one day we'll do an interview with him. And that was no joke. But y- you looked at me and you said, "I understand," and I knew you did. And I—and it felt like there was hope. I remember that because I was still in the military, and I had to keep going.
2: You know, I—I I listened to this woman the other day, and a, a pretty African American woman, and she—she told she says, "I raised my children." Telling them not to judge other people because you haven't walked in their shoes, kind of thing, and that's the same unless you have an experience. If you have an experience, you can empathize with them. You can have a reason to be uh, compassionate toward them in their in their problems. You know, yeah. and it's a very simple thing. You know, oh,
1: war's not. It's not cool. It's not fancy. It's not it's not this okay here's what I here's here,
2: here's I was 18 first time went to Vietnam right and what I learned was that if people if people could kill you and get away with it they would do it the only reason people don't do it in this neighborhood is because there's a there's a law officer out there that is going to throw him in jail I mean, you can mark that down. Oh yeah, it, you know uh, who knows what evil lurks in the hearts and minds of men. And it's just, uh, but see, I too am no better than those people. I one of my one of my favorite scriptures recently is Romans, where Paul addresses uh, a bunch of so-called Christians, and he says. Well, now that you're Christians, you do this and you do that. And then he stops and he says, you too are like the reprobate, the homosexual, the this, the that. So, you don't, you don't, you don't come down on. You just do what you're supposed to do. And if God works in them, that's that's fine. If not, keep your mouth shut. Don't don't think you're any better than
1: anybody else. That's a hard thing for, in our culture right now, it's hard to find people that actually think like that. To say, hey, I don't agree with that guy, but that's a guy over there. I don't agree with this lady, but that's a a lady over there made in the image of God. And I don't have to understand everything that God's doing with them. And I'm not God, and it's not my responsibility to correct them or to make them better. It's my responsibility to love them. Right. It's hard to find people to understand love. Well,
2: okay, let's just be simple. Let's say that you weren't a Christian, then you became a Christian. Then, now you're in a church, and now you understand real Christians.
1: <laughs> Overnight, oh, like just the one <laughs> this, this way. Is the way.
2: This is the way we think, this is the way we do. Well, my neighbor is a retired E9 Air Force sergeant. And he tells me every time I meet him how he believes there isn't a God, okay? And that's his, you know, and I told him, I said, you know what I appreciate about you? That we can have a difference and still communicate with each other and have a good relationship as neighbors. Now, how do I know someday that he's going to Join my church. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah, I just love that man. That's all, and he treats me fine. And I'll tell you something else. And this is this is this is true. You know what a friend is to me. Well, you better know. <laughs> no, men in particular. This is a gender thing. I think more than women thing. Uh, maybe is this politically incorrect? You know. Anyway, if I can trust you. Okay. Then I can value you. Okay. If if you do what you say and you treat me right and you do it over a consistent period of time, then we have a good relationship. Now if you blow it, you're out of here. No.
1: <laughs> you're out of the club. <laughs> but anyway, friendship is a uh, I I like the way that you you tag trust to that. Because it's important to trust one another.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's just like if you were an, an, uh, not faithful to your wife, you'd know what that does to your relationship.
1: just ends <laughs> it. It destroys it. Yeah, it does. So
2: yeah. you have to have trust. You yep. have to have a, you know, there are certain things that you violate. And I believe this, and I just, I'll say this. If a, if a spouse is not faithful, it, I, I think that if you could have enough God in you, you can still hold on to that marriage. I believe that that's what I believe but it's interesting what Christ says about that. he says that's the only good reason for a divorce, but I think uh, i well i i don't I don't know what I don't know why I brought that up, but let me tell can I tell you about a prostitute I met the other day yeah, yeah sure I was I went to New Orleans. And my wife had passed away And I'm young I'm like 62 (laughs) (laughs) You know I look good Not like I do now (laughs) I'm sitting there On my son-in-law's steps Right near downtown New Orleans And this young black girl Comes up She's real friendly You know And she says How you doing? Good morning Yeah Oh I just helped somebody And I care about people She's telling me Well she's trying to solicit, you know, but I, I figured it out, so she's talking to me, and I said, can I ask you a question, she says, yeah, I said, have you ever been to church, she said, yeah, I said, well, I'm just going to tell you, I have my faith, and my beliefs, and I, I, I don't mind talking to you, but I'm not going where you're, you're going with this thing, if you get my gist, and so she she didn't stop, you know. She she I had the idea she'd been through this before. And if she kept knocking on the door, I might open it up, you know. Yeah. She kept coming at me. I said I said, "So I guess in church you've heard about things being said through the Bible." She said, "Yeah." I said, "Well, let me let me tell you a scripture." I said, "Jesus said, some men are born eunuchs. Some men are made eunuchs" And some men, for the kingdom of heaven's sake, make themselves units. I said, I'm the latter. <laughs> How did she take that? I told her, I said, now give me your hand. <laughs> so I took her hand, I said, can we pray? Now, I usually don't do that with anybody, but I wanted her to know that I cared. And women like you to hold their hand, is what it was, even a whore. So it was f- prostitute, wrong word.
1: <coughs> Well, it, you know we live in we live in a day and an age when everybody's worried about the words being right, and I mean it's the oldest profession right there.
2: See, that's the problem with today. Okay, I can sit down and look you in the eyes. When I have this thing here, I'm not looking at you in the eye. You can't read my body language. You don't know what I'm thinking. You really, I mean, you don't. I That's like sneaky TV. It doesn't mean anything to me. That's why this isn't edited. This, this is, is a-
1: what it is, and they see it. And most of what you w- watch on that, it's all been edited. If you say something you don't like, they take it out. If they look wrong, they take it out. Or they put in a word. We don't do that. That's, I, you know, the idea. Like I struggled with that idea of doing this whole vet church, where we were we were telling stories because I didn't want to glorify one individual over another or have people not think that of the relationship with God was the ultimate relationship. Right. And yet I kept thinking, well, if, if the idea of Christ dying for people because they couldn't pay for their own sins and Christ saying, I got this for you. If that was true, then Christ looked at each person's story and said, each person has a valuable story, and I will go ahead and become man flesh and die for them. And and it's interesting too if you look, you know, when when you look at the no
2: no no, you're right. No, you're right about this. I, mean, I, I, I do. You have more to say about this because I want to hear. Well, you I wanted out. to
1: say one other thing. I wanted to say that in the lineage of Christ, when you look at who his. Who his yeah, mom was. Ancestry was. There was ladies of the night. Right, right, right. And it's in the scriptures real like the you know, nobody's that's been talked about forever. Yeah. And so
2: go ahead. I ask. wanna say something. This is interesting to me. As you know, on Saturdays, every Saturday for the last seven years, I think I missed two Saturdays. In my house I have nothing but men sit down anywhere from seven to twelve men we sit down and we talk and I'm getting to know those men okay and they um, one guy you know there's a doctor and there's a dentist I just got my high school diploma several years ago and I could stand toe to toe with these uh, people that are educated, because you can. we have a common ground as far as. I mean, I know these men. I go to their yeah. house. They 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 treat They're me. People. We're all just people. The the. I'll, I want to get. I want. I want to get something understood here, and I'm kind of losing my my train of thought. Everybody has a story. That's that's the thing that I Okay. I know these men. I know I know I know what they do, how they treat me, and I know their past. Okay? I know them. Okay? When you go to church very often, I didn't want to go there, but I'll say it. People are nice. <laughs> Yeah, here's the classic thing, first day you enter the church. And, uh, but they're not always real. They, they, they have learned a system. They learned how to socially integrate and act. I'll even say this about the church, and, I, and I'm really going to get hard here. I was watching this wrestler, a very successful man on TV the other night. And he said his wife was a Roman Catholic, and she went to church all the time and he's and and he said I think churches are evil. And I thought about it. There I was watching a movie with Anthony Quinn and he's the pope. And there and in this movie I think it was back in time who knows how many years and the pope looked like a peacock sitting on a chair. Now, that's the man you want to follow right there. <laughs> <laughs> So you get this guy, he's taught how to social work. He gets up in the pulpit and he says, There's not a higher calling <laughs> than to go to school to be a minister and a preacher of the word. Well, what about the mother that's taking care of a baby? How high is that? Uh, yeah. Well, if she's doing what God wants her to do, and she's not a preacher who's ingratiating himself monetarily the first will be last and the last will be first. And I'm not saying don't go to church. I'm not saying that because I went, you know. (laughs) You got to differentiate the negative to what's true and okay to say, Yeah. okay? And so I can be negative in somebody's mind, but that's not my goal. My goal is to uh, tell the truth and for you to benefit by the truth and i i am a radical christian and this way that christ was the truth what do you mean he was god incarnate and if you read the gospels like i do and understand them like i do and i'm just saying this for my own benefit as well never spoke a man like that spoke i love to read the gospels there's not another thing oh By the way, I heard that the attorneys of the United States uh, all said that there was never a book written as well as the Bible. Well, good for them. (laughs) And now I know the same thing.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny how we live in in a world where if I drop somebody's name and this guy says that or that person over there says this or she says that, then it's okay. Hey I know so and so what all right you said you, know. you
2: said the right word the world now I'm going to get a little biblical here. the world is an enmity you know that, and I know that the world is not the kingdom of heaven, all right that being true oh okay, you want to get academic I'll get academic okay. <laughs> I'll quote an academic. You ever Okay, back in the day, they had two academics, the left and the right, William F. Buckley and David Susskind. These men were politically, I know you told me not to speak about politics, but these were, these, these were academics. These were intellectuals. And they asked these men one question. They said, why are there wars? And they both agreed that it's because of greed. Well, you tell me when you think war is going to be eradicated. I haven't seen it for the last few thousand years that it's really stopped to any point other than the golden age of Greece, which is BS. <laughs> yeah, kind of you know, is. I'm sorry, but that's, you know. No, I mean... I mean, it, I mean you've got to look at this. You, you, you know, I had a guy say to me the other day... Matter of fact, this guy I was talking to at this uh, Bible study this morning. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't meet a more uh, relaxed man and, and nice guy... And he told me, he said, my neighbor told me the other day, if you cross that, if you walk in my yard, I'll kill you. He said, he said I don't know why. He said, I don't know why. So if you think there's not problems out there, just walk out your front door. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you going to vote the right man in to make it better? I don't think so. <laughs> Well, I mean all you get is, 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 is God I believe this emphatically that God keeps the world from total destruction he put the Babylonians and he put the Romans in for 2000 years and sometimes they were nice people but there was an order to some degree that it, it wasn't probably total destruction that's all I don't know what to tell you
1: well whoever carries the sword You know, it's a weird thing because the Bible says that he, that God puts in Romans twelve one or thirteen. You're right, Matty's in control. That God puts those people in control, and so you know, I I watch people get upset about whoever's in office whenever they're there. Because I haven't lived long, you know, I haven't lived long enough to see everybody, but everybody that I've seen in my lifetime, somebody hated them, And, and 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 it's a weird deal because. You know, I went to Afghanistan. and I come back, and this—you know—this is one thing I wanted to say to you too. I forgot about it from earlier. Um, I wanted a house. Remember, we had a lawn service. Kate and I had that lawn service. We were cutting grass. I was making money. I went to the bank, and the bank said, "I was like, I want to buy. I want enough money to borrow to build a house either down in Basin Bayou." Or I want to live in Blue Water Bay. I'm not really sure which one. The but guy, you
2: got a trailer now, right, Kate? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, now we're in the trailer. Well, the guy said to me, he said, We're never gonna lend you the money for I said, Why not? My my tax return that year was fifty four thousand dollars. Well you had you also had to have a credit rating. Well, there's all that. And and then guys like, Now we've been in business three years. Oh. Third year. Third year of marriage. And he said, uh he said, who do you cut grass for? I said, well, the, the individuals, other than the businesses, are they're all retired military. And the guy looked at me and said, maybe you should think about the military. And that was one of the things that drove me because of something called the uh, GI Bill. Right. And that's how I bought the house. You know, we're renting our house now. And we're living in this little trailer and just in the van sometimes. And, um, oh, boy. It's a, uh, you know, because I, I knew you had some of the nicest property when you wake up in the morning from your house to look across that i don't yeah i I don't
2: i mean okay i I live on the water i was raised on the water uh i feel like i was baby jesus in the water i mean i mean not jesus uh, moses i've always been in the water and i it doesn't really make me think like wow i can see the water today you know i mean i see it every day you know am i thankful absolutely i mean if i want to go fishing um i can go fishing but you you know i was blessed
1: by that you know but um but it is beautiful and it, it inspired me what, I guess why I brought it up is because you always talked about me, me having a house Matt and I know and I wanted a house Now I got one now and, and we decided to live in the minivan it's not on the water <laughs> it's not on the water but yeah. um, anyway but that was inspirational because you, you know like you, you talk about making money you know wars making people money if if I had to join the military I wouldn't own the house well I mean, I mean police
2: officers uh do a job so that they so that um you know people out there don't get robbed and beat up and uh murdered and uh, and they're they they should get paid just like a man in the military
1: same people doing I the mean, fires
2: or i mean you know what people say grocery store they you know they they, all they want is security all they want is this they want is that the world's a frightful place right now I've heard that the Chinese and the Russians are getting along quite well well I don't know if I like that (laughs) (laughs) I mean what are you going to do worry
1: you know and yeah, people worry. There's a lot of us do. I mean, I, you know, my dad said to me, um, "Well, you just need to relax." I thought to myself, "Well, it, I, you're right. I do. I just wish that I could make like some. You know, because sometimes I don't know what it is that brings up thoughts. Now I know this: the idea of safety. It's a lie. We're all gonna die. But there is comfort and safety in knowing that I'm a child of God, and that ultimately at the end of the day i I'm going towards this kingdom of heaven it's not you know I don't have to worry about how much I can get on this earth um let me let me tell- you, let me tell you
2: something that i i don't maybe maybe this will help somebody but When a person, blessed are the poor in spirit, all right? Meaning people that, not all people, but often when a man is broken and he asks God and he's really looking to see, when life becomes not worth living, all right? At that particular time, God more often really works, that's the way that it is. I want to tell you something about it. I went. I used to go to AA. I don't do it anymore. And the culture has changed. They used to talk about God. Our culture talks less and less about God. And in a way, I don't blame them because a lot of those people on TV are making money. I mean, that's my opinion. I'm
1: sorry. It's, that's, it's not, that's not an opinion. They're making money, right? I mean,
2: gilded dog houses are for somebody else, not me, right? other than people that are doing these programs sometimes. And people know that, they know it. Now however, I believe that Billy Graham was a good man preaching the gospel. There's another side to it. This man died with nobody saying anything. I mean, his life was a picture of believing what he lived, his whole life, you know? That's encouraging for, for an example of what I think a Christian would like to be like. I I was seeking God but yet I was taking sabbaticals, you know, and God 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 works with that. He works with that. It's You're, amazing. You know. You're right. He you know, that's why uh, when you raise children and you see they're not doing what they're supposed to do, do you say that's it for you? No. You hang in there for eighteen years. God will hang in there for a man up until the day that he
1: dies very often. You know? Well, it, it, it's, it, it's amazing to me. You and I spent a, a small minute working on the same job site with some men and I, Phyllis.
2: <laughs> I knew you were going to go
1: there. <laughs> there was and, some, I enjoyed that in some ways. In some ways, I didn't. I'm with you. They were, were good and bad. I want mean, to hear
2: what you got to say.
1: I look. You know, I, I never ever thought of myself as worthy of doing anything. I really struggled with my own humanity for some reason. And then one day, I was, I was coming in to be a, a chaplain. I was working at this place and I had this woman who supervised me. And and this is the first lady who ever supervised me. So all of a sudden, I'd lived in this world where I was taking my orders from men all the time. And all of a sudden, this lady comes in. So you had cultural shock. It was a little bit of cultural shock. And I'll never forget her. Because she she looked at me and I said... "Um, Was she straight? I mean, was she a
2: female-female?
1: Oh, I don't know. She, I, wasn't she, hardcore, she, she wasn't hardcore, she wasn't... She would. She dropped a hammer on you in a heartbeat, though. I mean, she would, like, you'd come in and she... She
2: made it clear that she was your authority?
1: Yes. Okay. And um, she said to me one day, she said, uh, I'd, I had to write these papers about what I was, my life. Like, tell your story of your life. Oh. You got five pages, it'll be single-spaced, tell me about your life. And if you'd leave something out, she'd say, well, you didn't say anything about your brother. Now, you do have a brother, yeah? So he was so insignificant he didn't say anything so I'd go back and rewrite the story. And in the story I said well I was a lawn care you know lawn care manicure technician. technician. And she said what's wrong with you? <laughs> I, said, what? I said what do you mean? She said you, t- you talk about like you're building houses but you already told me that you're not you're not the builder you're the guy carrying the the bricks from point A to point B. She said, you're talking about cutting people's grass and pick, you know. And I'm like, you're you're doing this whole, I know what you're doing. You're out there cutting grass and picking up poop. What's wrong with just saying that? She said, you're a person just like everybody else. Somebody had to do it. What was wrong with you that you can't? And I thought, what do you mean what's wrong with me? And I went back and I thought about that a while. And I was like, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. Just cutting grass and building houses. In fact, if somebody didn't do it, he saw it, the light. I'd saw it. <laughs> 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 well, and I saw. Well, I thank her to this day because Anna was. Um, she she was she no, wasn't going to let me on me.
2: You're wearing you're wearing your. Um, how would I put it? You're you talking about how you, how you saw yourself in a socioeconomic level. Yeah. As a poop picker.
1: That's what I was, man. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, and it wasn't bad money either, man. I was picking up dog shit in people's yards. No,
2: but let me <laughs> ask you a question. This is interesting. So... She, you, you're you're now you're now an educated person in the military, and this was your boss. What what what, what were you saying? I'm, this is before
1: it. it was in between when I was a chaplain assistant, and I went oh. and worked for a hospital right, to right. learn how oh, to do okay, some okay, chaplain okay, work. Okay, okay. And she was the she was well, my to supervisor. Me, she
2: she she was a good boss, is what you're telling me.
1: Well, she's one of the best I ever had. Oh, because she just wouldn't let me get. She looked at me as a, as just as important as a doctor who's doing surgery in She wanted you the to be. Room. She
2: wanted you to face your dysfunction and be real.
1: That's well said.
2: Well, maybe I helped them today. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> That's what my high school diploma got me three or four years ago. <laughs> so you went back a, and got
1: your high school diploma? Uh, yeah, I had to. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you got to understand. I fell off a scaffold and broke my scapula. And I was it was one of the best times of my life. I didn't know I had this artistic ability, you know. So I, I'm left-handed. I broke my right scapula, so I had my... For a year and a half, I had my arm. I couldn't use my right... Did you know that? No, couldn't use my I could not right You were probably somewhere in Afghanistan.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But anyway, I... I and, and so I was left-handed. They say 85% of male... Sorry, gendered story. Eighty-five percent of males that are left-handed are artistic. Are artistically creative? They okay. have that. There's something about it. This side of the brain imagines something. Therefore, it is. <laughs> Color of blue and red make it pretty. But anyway, here's so so. You know, my wife said to me, she said, she says, she says, You love to work. You love it. And I and then after I said, I'm gonna show you something. I'm getting sixty six percent of my pay. The doctors are taking care of everything, and I'm gonna show you how much I love not to work. <laughs> I had a year and a half, man, it was great. Even though I only have one arm, you know. I had time to think. See, that's what I'm telling you, Bucko. You and your wife need to take a little sabbatical. Sometimes you need to take some time off. You're an A-type personality. You're right. You got me. No, you are. And and, uh, your wife, you're blessed. (laughs) (laughs) No. I envied it now I was married my you know God bless my wife, she was a great mother, but in a lot of our marriage it was, i'm just being honest it was it was not easy we just we were very different people, and god you know my wife's in heaven now i'm sure of it, but uh some men i don't know what it is, but they have these wives who support them. you don't know how rare that is. And I go, and I see, and I, I mean, I'm talking about these guys that can't tie their shoelaces. Their wives, they go, you can do anything. It's all, you're, you're, you're the man. I'm going, where did these women come from? <laughs> <laughs> I never had that experience. But that's how God works. He gives you what you need. I guess I have what I needed. I don't know.
1: Well, I, I do feel blessed that Kate well, in, in, like this whole thing. This wouldn't be going on if it wasn't for Kate.
2: Oh, don't you think everybody knows that when they see <laughs> it?
1: <laughs> It's like It's like I figured out how to run this thing, yeah. kinda. And um and Kate's over there running the camera. But we all know the truth. Kate supported the idea hundred percent and uh right. in the original, like where did the money from all this stuff come from? It came from her.
2: Well, know? I would say oh. this that you know you're you're a believer, and that's that's wonderful that you two can work in concert understanding what you're doing is not is a good thing I don't know I don't know you know you're working it out that's good well,
1: well so let, let me ask you this all right it's you're absolutely right man I haven't mean, we even in the military. We didn't go on vacation. We would come and visit family with our vacation time because you know we hadn't seen few people. One, one time we did something that was just for us. How? Did, what did you? Well, I, and,
2: okay, I. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I got. It's funny you brought this up. I'm my, building a house. My son and I have built. Did the formwork, poured the concrete, I laid the block, we did the studs and the walls, put the sheetrock, the roof on, did the whole thing. It's been two years or more since we started this 2,000 square foot home, and we're getting real close to getting done,
1: right? It's a beautiful house, by the way. Okay, so So,
2: having said that, about a month ago, I told my son, I said, I need to visit my grandchildren, I need to take some time off, something came up. And then I wanted to do it again, and something else came up. And I, I, I'm as, I'm as guilty as you are. I, I, now I'll tell you what I, what I'm gonna do. I'm emphatically gonna do this, and this is something that I've done. And maybe this. My roommate is from New York. I took a trip with him to New York. He paid for my flight. He paid for the room. His parents are living in this. Uh, senior citizen you know they're healthy and, yeah. and so they have for the visitors that visit their you, they give you a room next to them which is nice he pays for the rental car I never I've really enjoyed that we visited his brother his brother had the most respectful confident mature children they they were, they, they were allowed to talk at the dinner table, but did so respectfully. They know who they... I mean, I mean, man, this is really nice. I haven't visited a normal family like this in a long time. I'm in my own little bubble just working on this house. This is, I said, I really appreciate your family, Stephen. I said, this is really... His mother... This is where this, my roommate... This is a little side note. He was married six times. And the reason he was is his mother treated him too good. When he got up in the morning, I mean, this woman, when I go there, she takes and she's got like six types of breakfasts that we can eat when we get up in the morning. When he was a young boy, I can imagine the scene. Stephen, would you like a little more sugar in your Cocoa Puffs? (laughs) I'm reading mother. Stephen, would you like this? Would you like so he thought everybody was like his mother. I believe that. I believe that. And so God knew that. And now we're roommates. (laughs) But anyway,
1: is is he offering you six types of breakfast in the morning?
2: He's a good man. No, he's a good man. I do. But anyway, I, 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 I I think, I think. uh, uh, Are we done? No. What do you mean? In Vietnam,
0: and then after you got back,
2: what what I did? This is the way it was, <laughs> and you are there. Nineteen, uh, I was in Okinawa in nineteen sixty-five, and the first build-up, the first expeditionary force, went to the north side of South Vietnam. I went with the Marines. I was under Marine command. Okay, You're a CB. I was a CB, so there were like twelve ships, and it, what they did, I remember. We we went out. They said, "All right, everybody, get out on the what do they call it the place where all the troops come to meet." we standing there, and they said, uh, "The premier of South Vietnam has requested the assistance of the United States to basically throw it off communism." And by the way, you're going, you know, you're going to Vietnam to help. By the way. So we're going, oh, okay, you know. And within a couple of weeks, we're on a ship. And we're circling 10 days out in the China Sea. And the ships come in. And the planes are bombing the mountains. And we had a couple mortars come next to the ship I was on. But the Marines... God bless the Marines, they didn't work, they died. I had to work, they protected us, okay? The Marines would say to me once in a while, man, I don't know how you guys work in this heat. And I said, it's very easy. When I look at what you do, I'm glad to work in this heat, thank you. (laughs) Oh yeah, Yeah. oh yeah. I was with some
1: Marines in Afghanistan and guys were.
2: So, you know, now that's why they say, and it's it's worthy of saying, while people didn't like the Vietnam War think about the people that did what they were told and sacrificed their lives I don't think it was in vain they were good citizens doing what they were told that's all and I don't want to hear anything you know it's not right they did something good so you should say thank you that's all so anyway I work 12 hours a day 7 days a week and uh we would get up, and at 6 o'clock in the morning, as, as an average, we were out there uh, picking 144 pounds up. We could go to the water fountain and take a drink and put it down and go right back, okay? Take salt tablets. Guy's shirts were white because the salt was coming out of them. It was that hot. And then, And then we got 20 minutes to eat. Because there's a war going on out there you got to get this airstrip down because we need to get the F4s in here you know that's the World War II way of thinking I don't know where they still do that or they did that in Afghanistan or not uh, the but people working 24 same, hours okay that. same yeah, thing man. see that's what I, I appreciate you telling me I didn't know that I had this idea that what happened you got to understand something the Vietnam-era guys would talk to World War II guys, and World War II guys would say, ha, you don't know what war is. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then the Vietnam guys probably say, you don't know what what it's about, you know. But, it, you know, and, and Vietnam in particular was a, a over, I think, 12-year period, right? And everybody's experience was different, only a small percentage compared to the men that were there. Had to do combat compared to the men were there. However, there's a lot of other things going on. It, w- it was sacrificial.
1: Oh, yeah, it is.
2: And so if you volunteered, you went over, uh, thank you. You know, that's all.
0: What did you think about it when you were in
2: it? Uh, what did I think about what?
0: Like, was it just a job or did you have an opinion on.
2: Well, I wrote my mother a letter which she proudly showed. And I had this archaic idea, and it was it was it was okay. I believed it I said my country right or wrong, I'm going to do what I'm told you know that's what you you know that's when you have a covenant with a group of people, see we don't have this is what scares a lot of people. nationalism is a democratic affront. Well, let me tell you. If you got a gun in your house and the boogeyman's outside, shoot him. If he, now I'm a Christian. I don't believe you should kill anybody. But you have a right to protect your family. Yeah. And if, the, if Jesus said to the Roman soldiers, take the pay, shut up, and do what you're told. That's what he told them.
1: And that's what you did.
2: Well, that's, well. well if you're going to have an orderly society and you're going to have one that functions and one that believes that you need to work together (laughs) and have an organized system, even though it's of the world, it's not the kingdom of heaven. You have to look at things in a practical way. One thing that, um, what was that famous Jewish guy that died? Um, Oh, he's a smart guy. Uh, He was paraplegic. I can't think of his name.
1: Oh, God. uh... Uh,
2: Jewish guy, real, uh, he was smart. Um, I want it's not
1: Steve Jobs. It's the uh, uh, Hawkins.
2: No, not Hawkins. No, no, no that guy's a no. Uh, well, I know you know, you don't them? watch the news, but anyway,
1: no, it's, you, now you're right. I don't watch the news. Ba-
2: basically, basically, I think that you said don't speak politics, but I think Donald Trump is a pragmatist. He's practical, and if if you don't have a police force or a military, you have an open, you don't know, that means you don't have a lock on your door and somebody can walk in here and take anything you have. Yeah, That's yeah. What it means. you can't have it. so. I, 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 I never did this before, but I do see police officers and I and I stop and I say, I want to thank you for doing your job. I wouldn't have done that 10 years ago.
1: I wouldn't have done it.
2: And I do the same thing with military guys.
1: Well, there, um, there's two other things I wanna ask you about. Yeah.
0: I might have something
1: too. Oh, okay, might have something too. Number one is the fun. Fun things. Yeah. You could hit a baseball further than any person i ever seen hit a baseball consistently. I remember when we were kids. Go out there, and you were. Just
2: what's your what, so? What's your point, Matt?
1: You had fun, and fun is important. You worked hard. We've talked about that. Okay. You loved, yeah, I like passionately. It. You care for people, but you also had fun. Like you'd go on runs and stuff. And I remember thinking to myself, this, "There's something about having fun. When you're an adult, it's not just work. You should have some fun too."
2: Well, you know. Yeah, it's an interesting subject. Humor, it's in the Bible. (laughs) God laughs at... Now, I find this interesting. God laughs, he says, because these people are running in circles. Now, you know what's funny? Stuff that's illogical. Stuff that... uh, uh, I, I don't know. Stuff that's contrary to what's... Functional. It's like seeing twenty clowns get out of a four people bus. You go, wait a minute, something's wrong with the story. <laughs> it is. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's illogical. It's funny, but the reason I have fun is because I think I think it's good for the soul. My son, I would always ask my son. I uh, I would ask him questions. I said, "What are you doing?" He said, "What do you mean?" I'd say, well, you tell me what you're doing, I'll tell you what I mean. I would just play with words, you know? <laughs> and, so, and so, it's a way of, uh, okay. If I saw, I saw a guy speak the other day. He showed no life in his face. Now, he can't help that, but it's a good thing to laugh. There's nothing wrong with laughter. What if you had a wife and you never laughed with your wife? If you never saw any humor in anything, the only thing you would be is the business part of a relationship, which would be kind of boring. Yeah. It would be absolutely boring. Mm-hmm. Do you like people? Yeah. I, I think that uh, we're supposed to love all men if it's possible, Okay. Now, if I see somebody who doesn't have a sense of humor, like a Presbyterian, I won't cut a rug. No, no, no. I talk to him before you know it, he might even laugh. Yeah, he might slip up. <laughs> hey,
0: Grant, what did the Presbyterian say when he fell down the steps?
2: It was bound to happen.
0: Thank God that's over. You know who told me that joke?
2: No. My
1: dad. Who is a Presbyterian?
2: He was a Presbyterian minister. <laughs> he
1: is. Well, okay, so the second thing I want to Wait, ask you. Why, what is know. it? You're going to like this one. Go ahead. So, Adam being my best friend until I meet Kate. Good friends to this day. We just had dinner the other day. Um, Adam would say that he met the Lord in a very personal way, in a place called Tahiti. Where? Tahiti? Was it Tahiti? Uh, he went to Tonga.
2: Tonga. Tonga, Tonga,
1: Tonga. yeah. Tonga. Yeah, yeah. So, I, so Everybody I'm should go
2: there. It's off the coast of What was he doing there? He had to go. I was his father.
1: <laughs> so tell us about that.
2: <laughs> well, you know, that, I'll be... What happened? I was beginning to grow as a Christian... And I met this guy, his name was John Futch, he was a Baptist minister, and he was in his early thirties like I was. Smart man. And he kept telling me this is all about Christ. And I began to see that he knew something that the people I was in the church with didn't, so I basically got close to him. And he went to Tonga, and he was a freelance missionary. He didn't have a church supporting him, he, went, he truly went by faith, and he had a lot right. Okay, So we were having troubles with our girls in certain ways at that particular time, and I'm talking to my wife. He writes a letter and says, you need to come to Tonga now. And I was working at this private Christian school at the time, and I had a little bit of assets. I had a, I had a lot, a land in the back, I sold it for $11,000, we got plane tickets and not knowing what we were going to do or how long we were going to be there, we took off and we went to Tonga for an undetermined amount of time because that country, it was under a lot of English or New Zealand influence but yet it was an independent, it's an independent country so they give you permission to stay however long so we go there and the whole thing went south and uh, my son told me since that was the original question he was probably I don't know how old he was Matt. let's say 8, 9 or something 7 to 9 and we were
1: kids I don't yeah he was young
2: and God works the way He works, Matt. I, he told me. He told me that's God, He 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 was saved, if you want to use that, in Tonga,
1: <laughs>
2: and, and so I don't know how, or I don't know why. Particularly, he was um, profoundly influenced by his experience, and in the mind of how do you extrapolate from the mind of a six-year-old? How did this happen?
1: <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm 47. Well, I still don't know. How well, to man, it's now. a God
2: thing, okay? Okay, that that's where it's and it is, and yeah. it is. It's a spiritual thing, in that young man's soul, how he connected with God. My son and I do not think alike. He tells me he sees this, and he has uh, apparition He sees God in these ways. I don't. So I believe that we all have a gift from God and whatever that thing is that you have use it and, and now this is my belief I have a group of men meet at my house because I do believe according to the scripture that the body can edify itself in love if it is coordinated with Christ as a centerpiece and so all these men talk they I let them talk of what they believe and what they think and then we all know where we stand and then we we, we hopefully let God by the Spirit work in that group of people it's called an assembly it is a gathering and it's as much church as what the any other There's denomination would call
1: church. Yeah. church. You, you, and ma- as know, a matter of fact,
2: years. I mean, let, let, let's face it. Would would us three be here if it would be if it was because we wanted to glorify ourselves? I mean, is this what we're all about? No, we're here because we believe in a God. Okay, I don't know what's in anybody's heart. God is the ultimate judge. But I tell you this, I'm thankful that I'm befriending you and Kate. I'm very thankful.
1: Well, was there anything else?
0: Well, I know that we've left this subject, but we've talked to another, a couple of other people who were in the Vietnam War and they had experiences with when they came back. wasn't so nice. Yeah. did you have anything like that happen well here's
2: something people don't understand and maybe Matt understands this but this was my experience you live in a totally different country now Vietnam in many respects to give it a picture it could have been 2000 years back in time the culture they had no running water they had animals that plow their ground they they had no electricity. I mean, these people were out of uh, a time a thousand years ago. And you're, you say you're in that environment. You have seat rations, a rifle, and an outhouse. They have a ditch. And so you're living like this for a year or something, right? And I actually liked it in certain ways. I was eighteen years old because now the Marines that I was with, uh it couldn't drink any beer, but I ha- I liked alcohol. I was kind of a wild child.
0: Not
2: you. Yeah. So there were things about it, you know, that I that I actually didn't mind. I had uh unexhaustible energy at eighteen. You know, I'd get up in the morning and go, oh, I wish I didn't have to do this. But the next thing I knew, you know, it was another day. And uh, so what I'm saying is I'm trying to draw this picture. So here you are living with these men in this environment. And all of a sudden, you're back on Main Street wearing these clothes in this place. And they don't know. You have no association with that culture. It's like a culture shock. It's a culture shock. Yeah, it is. And so then a lot of people started doing drugs and drinking and I I did that, you know. I worked, but if I couldn't get blissed every weekend, I didn't know what life was about. I didn't want to think about I did it was it was it you know what I heard about drinking? Remember this girl that got kidnapped in, in Utah and this this uh this nut kidnapped her and abused her? And she never she was a Mormon or something, she was abused. And she said something very interesting. She said, I never could understand why people drank. And she said, well, when he forced me to drink, I found relief. See? Now people that don't have a tormented reality, they don't need that alcohol. They just don't need it and people, you know. So that's why I can go and talk to a group of alcoholics even now. And you know how you know what they told me? I got up in front of a group of say 50 men, you know. And you know what I say the first thing I say? I'm an alcoholic like you. And I look at them like I'm looking at you like they know that I know that and they they associate with me. And when I got done, I did this about three or four times and the guy that, this was a church run thing and this guy said, I don't know what you, he said, I don't know what you did. He said, but man, they liked you because I, I associated with them. I understood them and I was real to them
1: and they understood that. Well, and and that's really all that Is different between, or that's different about what Kate and I are doing. It's just we're just who we are. Right. We're just two people that struggle, that that see the value of every single person in the room as being just like them. Hey, we know what it's like to come back, to have a doctor give you a bunch of pain pills because you're trying to run from the pain that you're in most of the time.
2: What happened to you? Why did you take those pain pills?
1: I've got collapsed discs in my back, and I have PTSD. And so they gave, I, they would say, "How are you doing?" I'd say, "I'm not doing good." I got night sweats. I got. And, and there's a pill for that. There's, well, I, you know, everything. Pill to get up in the morning. A pill to go to bed. a Pill to so take care So let me of ask you this. In. So then, you saw
2: a way to minister to people like yourself. Is that the
1: bottom line? The- <laughs> I didn't see it, Grant. The people around me saw it. Her brother, Kate's brother, said, you should do this thing called vet church. He said, because I felt like I couldn't even go back to church. I had to go sit in church, and I'd sit there. And you're talking about stuff that I'm thinking. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the pastor, and he's talking about doing a couple of funerals. I'm thinking, you did a couple of funerals. You know, Like, because I've done more than a couple. And, and in, the, in, an, in a military memorial ceremony, they're stressful. Everything has to be perfect. And well, see what I didn't know about you—the oh. stress you went through—and I didn't, I didn't realize this.
2: And I'm glad I talked to you the last time I talked to you. Of all the the twenty four seven that you were under, I I can't I, I can't put myself in your place,
1: but it must have been an emotional drain. Well, every, to say to I you. was the person that would listen to every story we're doing right now, I ask you to talk. See, but they would come to me and be like, chaplain, this, 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 this just happened. And I'm sitting there going, what do you say? What do you say when somebody tell, tells you about being raped or tells you about their child dying or tells you about their child being abused? I don't know what I said. Well, that takes... Well, I was see, just with Yeah, them. Yeah,
2: but here's one thing that God has given... I, I say this, I say this. What God? Um, uh, this isn't for the camera.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, what God has given you, and Adam says this, and it's true. You have a way to let people believe, and they they believe it that you you care about. Well, it's, it's, well yeah. not everybody can do that, Matt.
1: No, I, I, and it's the same I mean, as you that. when you stood up there with those guys. It's because we care. Because there's other things to do. Well, that, no, no, let me, you know, you can't
2: take credit that's for true. who you are—a no, six-foot-seven no, ba- basketball player might tell me he's great. But if God didn't make him tall, he's he a midget. Yeah, he's a midget. In his mind—if he thinks he's great—and yeah. that's so God's giving you this. That's why I believe in it. You know, I don't know what my hospitality—that's that's my burden. <laughs> That's where humor comes in. <laughs> no, that's my gift. It is. A gift. I mean, it, it is. It is. Uh, you want to come over and have an ice cream later?
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> it, the truth how, is, how about a potato? I've, I've ate at your table since tomatoes. I was a young man, and um, and even now, like you know, it takes something to share publicly. No, but see, to put I, all you know, you know the there. funny,
2: and this is, I got to say this, I was the and. Hythesis of a popular person <laughs> I didn't mean to stump you. Well, in other words, antisocial uh who wants to be around this guy? Okay. Now they're running at me, Matt. <laughs> well, I mean there I mean you know it's like No, but people people obviously don't mind being around me. And, and the same
1: thing with you. You, yeah, you I mean... You, you're the same. That's part of your gift. Is that you care about people. Well, and, and there's so much there. It's like, you know... In a very joking manner, earlier you compared yourself to Da Vinci or said in that class. But yeah. we talked about the renaissance and, and being artistic and being... and working hard and having a good meal and appreciating music. You were the first person I ever saw do all of that stuff. Not just a little bit of it, and and, and then sit down and watch a boxing match. And, you know, I never cared for boxing, but it was interesting because you knew about what was going on. It wasn't just two guys slugging it out. They were working. There was technique. And you extrapolated that and showed me things as a young man that I didn't see. I wouldn't have seen it otherwise. And you may not have known you were doing it, but you did it. And, uh, you enjoyed being
2: over there with my son and I. Is what you're saying?
1: Oh man, I had it was like it was uh, it was a little bit of heaven for me. Yeah. And I've you know like I was just I loved it that you agreed to do this interview because you know and, and like uh, Adam and I were talking one day. Adam said you know the people that are like oh we got to do the interview, we've got to do it, got to do it. You got to think about that because a lot of the people that really that the nation needs to hear from. Are the people that aren't doing it? And I'll give you a great example. Need to hear. There's a senator. The there. nation. The, How well. about Choctaw Beach? <laughs> well, here, here's. Oh yeah.
2: By the way, this is live from Choctaw Beach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is live. <laughs> um, and by hair. the way, my neighbor's name is Bubba. <laughs> and uh, I go beyond that. I go to Blue Water
1: Bay. Well, you know where that. Oh yeah, I do. There's um, there was a, a recently a senator passed away. Okay. And in the and you watch the nation go gaga because we we were in Mobile last weekend, and all the news is this and that and the other. And this and this man did some good things, but while this man died that week, thirty or forty other veterans died, and we don't see anything. The news it, it's not beating down the doors of, of the people in the small towns and saying, "Let me tell that story." And I. think... And I've just got in my mind the notion that every single one of them folks that passes away in an old folks' home, the people that their kids ain't there, I, th- I just happen to think that everybody is important. The person that's down there sweeping the street, the person that's stocking the shelves at a local grocery store, the police officer who's wearing that uniform on a daily basis, the person who is standing up for other people's rights, the people that are saying, hang on a second, it's time to protest this over here. We need to make a moral shift. We need to have a change. I can't help but see that all of that stuff's important. And I don't see it on a level like, well, this guy's up here and these guys are down here. I think we're all people. We're all on the same plane and we're all important. And every story is sacred. And and that's why, you know, that's why I'm going to keep doing it. And that's why when you agree to do this, I was delighted. And I am delighted to sit here with you, I mean, You you know what, what Christ said
2: about men. What men do in the natural is that they glorify themselves and they glorify each other. What is it people talk about? What do they say? I, I love it, you know. I mean, if you look at a politician... And they they ha- they're in session, and they say, "Would the honorable, honorable, so and so please speak?" Yes, to the honorable that made mention of the honorable. Uh, that's that's an honorable thing. Obviously, we're all honorable. but I honor that, and so it, it's kind of self-ingratiating. I mean, am I missing the mark? It's- no. So so when I come to your house and I say, Matt. I'm not saying I'm not saying this to build you up. I just want you to tell me your story out there to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, what am I saying? I mean, is this is this real or is this uh, pseudo glorification? It's it's not. It's a it's vain. It's a waste of time. That's why we believe in God. We don't have to do that. And it, it's in now, now do I care that that man died? I don't personally know him, and I'm being honest about that. But I here's the funny thing about this uh 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 what's his name? The guy uh McCain? Yeah. McCain just died. Okay. It, when you look on TV, you see this visceral uh animus against this man. And then when he dies, they tell me, you don't know how I love that man. And I'm going, well, what are you saying? You're, you're telling me 24-7 for years you can't stand him. Now that he's dead,
1: you loved him more than anybody.
2: And I'm going, what's real?
1: Well, And that's and, where. And I,
2: I, that's, I don't need that.
1: You know, and that's where, like, that's when I just decided that, like. I, you know, I drove by where he lived this summer. And uh, somebody said. In Arizona? Mm-hmm. And they said in May. I was driving out there. And they said, well, "Why don't you stop and do an interview with him?" He's he's an incredible man. I said, "Yeah, he is," but I probably couldn't get to the door. I mean, I'm not important enough. You know, nobody knows who I am. And and then I thought, I am important. It's just that I don't have the inroads in his crowd. And and I and I believe that like that's, he's already been in front of a camera. He's already talked. And I don't want to. I'm not getting you in front of the camera to lift you up or to lift myself up. I thought what I can do is that, like, if it does anything, it shows that when you look at the guys that are in front of the camera, it shows that some of those folks have made huge, like that man made huge. This, Senator McCain, people say whatever they want to. He made huge sacrifices. You know, in the POW camp, he was the, he was the chaplain. They, they Because he knew the Nicene Creed and I, the Apostles Creed. they really, made him a chaplain.
2: I, you and I really don't know that man
1: at all I don't know we, other we, than that I know that story about right, him and a couple right. other things I never met him yeah I mean in in our lives there's in every single life of every single American there's people who are important there's people that are just as important as anybody on TV and when we do that I think it takes a little bit of pressure off us to to look at the TV and go like whoa like I've heard people you know I play music right and people say, well, you made it. I made what? I made it the day I stood in your yard and I played you a Jimmy Buffett song. Way, way back. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that. And you were like, well, you keep going. You'll be okay one day. <laughs> and and I, I was okay from that moment when I played the guitar and enjoyed it. And I was okay from the time we went to work. And at the end of the day, we enjoyed a good meal. And I was okay when we laughed. There is no making it, there is no superstardom, there's people that wind up serving in different capacities, like the Senator did, and and thank God for folks like that, because I don't want, like Kate has said many times, we don't want people prying into every little bit of our life, I want to be able to go down and get something to drink from the store and nobody know who I am. It's okay just to walk down the aisle and pick up a gallon of tea and grab some chocolate chip cookies. And get on out of that store, and just be a normal person, and, and like Senator McCain, he could have done that. He had made so much sacrifices, and every single one of them have done that. Every single politician that has been a, a politician in my life has done.
2: I don't know. think I don't think a person like you and I understand the drug of power. Oh, it, uh, I, yeah, I don't. I can't I, don't, I that. mean, I can't imagine these. you know these These people have money and they have power and i I don't know this, but I think they know something that I don't want to know.
1: I would say that that's right because when i when I was a chaplain Grant, I had total confidentiality. All those stories that people came and told me I was not allowed to tell another single soul for any reason. I've been subpoenaed in the court. And the lawyer comes and says, "Sorry about that. We didn't mean to subpoena you." Right. Cuz you can't say anything. Right. And um I have one time at least. And uh See, you're made it, it, for that. It, when you okay. when yeah, you no, find you are made for that. But when you find out too much information, like when I was a kid, I wanted to know secrets. Let me tell you. Okay. You don't okay. want to know secrets. Let, let me tell you something. You don't okay. want that. When I don't want. What, what?
2: Okay. I I, I I got a friend. Yeah, okay. Remember me telling you about this Mensa friend of mine, genius IQ guy? Yes, sir. He said something to me the other day about people that are professional, successful, academic, smart, whatever. He said their problem is this. They have attained a certain amount of success and have control or have had control in areas of their lives that gives them an idea of who they are. I am a doctor. I have attained this. It's harder for that person, all you doctors out there. Let me tell you why. I have a friend that's a doctor. He's retired. And you know what what this guy was saying? He says... uh, out in California right now, they have this word that they use. It's, uh, it, it, it's, oh, I can't think of it. It's where where you think on a sequential plane. There's a word that they use. It's, uh, I can't think of it. But then, it, it's, it's a way of, I, I got to think of it. It's, it's where you use logic and you don't go to this, Higher nirvana of thought. Okay, it's just good old boy thought. Shot dog, dog dead. Hungry, go eat, and it's all gonna work out. Okay, that's that's. They think we're we're idiots. All right. Now this doctor says to me. Well, you know, do you know what quantum physics is? And I went, no. Well, I got news for you. He doesn't either. Let him explain that to you. Quantum thinking. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to anybody out there that's listening to this? It means something to him because he's letting me know that he knows something. And if you want a guru, you will follow him. Because he's a quantum thinker. No, he's got a, he, he's got a nut in a bucket is what he's got. He don't have anything going on he's wasting his time because we need to connect with each other and that's what you do, Matt you're trying to do what God wants you to do so that you can help these people see that there's something beyond themselves that makes life, life Jesus Christ is life he is the way and when, you know to make something big out of it the truth this world is full of lies but the kingdom of heaven has more truth than what this world has to offer. Believe that.
1: I do. Well thank you for doing this. Hang
0: on, I have one more thing. Okay. okay. And so you mentioned your mom a couple Yeah. couple So yeah. where were you raised? Who raised you? How how did you become you?
2: Well, I was all I was my father was a smart hillbilly. What I mean by that You know, he would say, I'll I'll give you, now you got to understand, he was born in 1919. He was raised during the Depression. He went, his mother went to a mental institution when he was born. He came from a large extended family, and his father was, uh, he went into the third grade. My grandfather's brother went to college. That's what's really neat about America. You can do what you want, and yet, you know, you can have one brother, you know, so my father went to a Christian school. It was like an orphanage thing. And he got a high school diploma. And so he did quite well for himself. He, he he became a supervisor in a steel plant. But yet he had these old ways. You know, he would say to me, Grant, why do you watch TV all the time? And I, and I thought, you know, and he would say, Indians don't cry. And I thought, yeah, yeah but I don't know any. You know, uh <laughs> And, so, and he'd say, "Why don't you do something like read, read Zane Gray? you know these uh old you know uh western books. western you know because that's what he did. He didn't have t v and if he had a radio, maybe he was fortunate, you know, so he said, What do you do when a horse sits in a stream and I'd say I, I don't know, he'd say nothing I go well, <laughs> more 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 information that I need, you know." He'd say, Grant, what's the matter with you? Now, this is typical Southern in the negative, all right? Now, a hillbilly and a redneck are two different things. A hillbilly is a redneck's redneck back in the day, okay? These people lived out by themselves and didn't want company, okay? They were really antisocial to some degree, but yet not always. They also had communities and they loved each other in their own way, but they were they were an archaic type of being so he was saying to me grant why don't you stand up straight you walk you walk like a, a farmer what's the matter with you and i i did i couldn't make all these connections but one thing i did get and the bible says don't discourage your child and i had learning disabilities my mother was smart she could play instruments she was artistic she did made a 95 average, trigonometry, geometry, algebra. Both parents were able to do this. I couldn't pass business math. And my teachers back in that day, and you have to understand, the educational system has gotten better. They said, Grant has the ability, but he's not trying. Not true. I couldn't do it. Now, if they, uh, today, they would understand that, I think. And they would be able to teach me. But so I was angry. I was frustrated. On my external expression, I, was, I, I wasn't i was an angry acting person, but inside. That's why at 15, when I got my first drink, I knew that I would revisit that pleasurable moment of relief. Okay? So I was bound. And there are people out there that are crippled in their head. You can't see it; they even look normal. But that's so. You're asking me what my experience was. I was gifted with a very physical ability. I could play baseball very well. I could do these things, but I, I, I was. Uh, I, I hung out with guys that were more antisocial, like me. You know. My mother, my mother didn't know how to love very well. Now that's a heck of a thing to say, but I'm being honest. And but see here's the thing as hard as my father was on me I didn't love my parents I was angry at them but this is what has to come you have to come to a place where I'm thankful that I had them as parents God used them for my favor I could explain that, but I'll just keep it brief. I have no right to judge my parents. I, how would you like to be my father not have a mother? And be going from family to family? His big deficit emotionally was, he, he said to me one time, he said, I was always afraid I wouldn't be loved, okay? Well that's, well, who, who am I to say this man needs to straighten up his act, okay? The same thing with my mother. The world is not a nice place. Now that's my experience. Okay. Is that enough? I don't
0: like it. Okay. How did well? How did that your experience with your parents influence your experience as a dad? Well,
2: that's that's. I'll be. I'll, I'll try to be brief. My experience. Okay. When I met my wife. And I knew that if I were going to live, okay, my I was attracted to my wife. I could see that this was something that made life worth living. Is to help these young she, See, I, I got to. She had no husband, and these three little girls had no father. My wife was having problems, and I thought, hey. <laughs> I'll fill the slot. I'll be their father and everything will be happy and we'll all go to the seashore. Okay? So, and I looked at the children and because of the way I... This is the way I look at it. These kids, they, you know, they couldn't help them. They needed to be cared for. I I naturally thought, let me help them. Okay? And, um... And it worked out. And my one daughter to this day says, Dad, I don't know how you did it. Yeah? And I don't know what I did other than the fact that I, God uh, afforded me to be able to do it. That's all.
1: Well, I sure thank you for sharing. I, because as i said before, it helps. You're not the only one. Man, that's gone through some of the emotional processes you've gone through. You're the only person that's gone through your life. I'm the only person that's gone through my life. But, you know, when we share these stories, they do help others. So I thank you for doing that. Anything you want to say to everybody before we go?
2: No. Bye.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, Vet Church, y'all continue to uh, question. Use your minds. Think about things. Have fun. Love one another. Thank you all for tuning in.
0: Thank you you for joining us for this Vet Church interview. Your feedback is welcome. Find out more at VetChurch.com or RetiredArmyChaplain.com.